Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I welcome back a former guest of the podcast, former Cornell women's hockey player and current member of the PWHPA Calgary region, Hannah Bunton. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, Hannah, and how's everything going? Everything's going well. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to sit down and chat again. Well, thank you so much for coming back on. And how have you been? What have you been up to since last time we talked? Because it's been a lot of craziness has happened in a few months, believe it or not. Yeah, honestly, with all the craziness, it's kind of been the same old, same old. I'm still in Calgary working full time. Um, Unfortunately, we haven't been able to skate in a while as a group. Um, but I've been back on the ice coaching, which is um, another one of my passions. So keeping busy um, and just trying to enjoy the time for sure. That's good to hear. Now, you made a tweet like a few months ago saying like how the Calgary government uh, wouldn't let you guys practice because you weren't considered high performance athletes. I guess like have you gotten the chance to practice um, because of that? Or like is that why you haven't been, able been, haven't been able to practice full time? Yeah, so unfortunately, we still haven't been able to practice full time. Um, And yeah, I kind of just sent out that tweet, um, just to kind of get the conversation started about why we haven't been on the ice. Um, Obviously, last time we were in the same, you know, kind of COVID world, and, and there are bigger things going on in the world than than that. But at the same time, we want to be able to continue to get better and continue the momentum that we've started with the PWHPA and not being able to practice and play as a group has definitely, you know, kind of put that to a halt. Um, so hopefully the conversation continues to happen with, um, you know, the government and here in Alberta anyway, and, and hopefully we get back on the ice and, and get practicing again. Mm-hmm. Has, did someone from the government reach out to you after you sent that tweet or anyone in particular with importance? So the, not the government, but we did hear from the Calgary Herald and they did an article on, um, you know, the conversations that we started via Twitter. Um, so any kind of conversation is better than nothing. But again, we heard the same feedback from the government um, that we aren't eligible for the high performance exemption at this time. Um, so it hasn't really changed. Um, and hopefully we can have the conversation and continue to have it. Yeah. What did you think about the conversations that did happen from that tweet? Do you think they were positive? I think the majority of them were definitely positive. I think, um, you know, the whole reason that we are the PWHPA and kind of behind this movement is to create that better future for women's hockey. Um, And in order to do so, we have to be on the ice and we have to be having kind of those tough conversations. Um, So I think it was a step in the right direction. I'd obviously, um, would have liked the outcome to be different. But at the same time, again, like I said, any conversation regarding women's hockey and professional athletes is a good one. Who's eligible for that high performance exemption? Just Calgary Flames and that's it. I'm trying to think of anyone else in Alberta. Edmonton Oilers, obviously. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure um, if any like junior A leagues or anything are practicing at the moment. Um, But obviously, yeah, the two NHL teams are so. Yeah, and um, have you been trying to prepare, I guess, for your next event with the PWHPA? I mean, obviously, it's a little bit difficult. I think the best way to prepare is to be practicing with with the group. Um, but I know everyone's kind of doing their own thing in their own time as best they can to stay in shape. Um, obviously, getting back on the ice, even if it's just coaching, um, you get a little bit 
touch the puck and, you know, feel around on your skates a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, if we're not skating, it's, it's hard to prepare for a showcase that could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. And how is coaching? I, I guess what's that been like for yourself? Because obviously coaching is a little bit different than playing, but is it cool to see the game in a different perspective? Oh, a hundred percent. I love coaching so much. Um, I've always said, I think that a lot of coaches and even teachers can have a really big impact on like the trajectory of someone's career. Um, and I love, I love getting out on the ice and kind of sharing my passion with, with younger kids. It's so much fun. And, um, being able to coach, um, kind of translates to your game. Like it's changed the way that I play the game and vice versa, being able to play the game at such a high level has changed the way that I, that I approach coaching. Um, so I think that it really helps elevate both aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. And how have you learned patience? Cause that's the biggest thing I've, whenever talking to other people who do coaching, they say patience is like the biggest thing you have to learn because sometimes some players developments can take a lot longer than expected. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's huge. I think patience as a coach is so crucial. Um, for me, I think what helps me with that is just when you see those players, you know, pick up something um, that maybe they've been struggling at, it makes it all worth it. I was on the ice for a couple sessions yesterday with a U18 group that I coach here in Calgary. And I just felt like the proudest coach because um, we were doing something that was a little bit out of their comfort zone. But you started to see them pick it up and get it. And then um, that makes all the patients worth it. Um, just getting to see them excited about new things that they're learning. Um, so I, I love to see once they make those progressions, uh, no matter how long that process is. And what do you try to tre- teach to those players and preach to those players? Like I know talking to some college hockey coaches, a lot of them try to preach, I guess the three things, graduate, become better people and win trophies. Is that something you try to preach to your players? I mean, yes, I think um, obviously being still so highly involved in the game, I think it kind of, uh, you have a little bit of a different outlook on it. Um, For me personally, I always say when I look back on my favorite memories, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, you know, they're always the memories with my teammates um, traveling to different things, and it's not really about the wins and losses. Um, So I always just, my biggest thing is having fun. I think if you have fun, with what you're doing, um, success kind of follows. Um, so I like to bring like a high energy and just have fun with my groups. Um, and I think that's the best way to keep them engaged and, and keep them enjoying the game. And I think that's how they're going to become so successful. Now, not playing as a player in a long time, how do you adjust to that? Is it like, I don't know, what do you try to do off the ice, I guess, to prepare for your next event? Yeah, to be honest, there's not a lot that kind of, um, correlates with with skating it's really difficult to you know get in that hockey shape we always call it when you come off of an off season those first couple weeks back are always a little bit of a grind Um, so trying to stay in shape the best way I can Um, and then another thing is like working on my mental game like obviously it's tough times for everyone right now so you know staying happy and doing things that I really enjoy um, while we're kind of in this waiting game of when we can get back on the ice. Something I ask all the college players that I have on is how do you balance academics and being a student athlete? But I want to ask you, how do you balance being a professional athlete and having a full-time job? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think uh, I learned such great time management growing up. When I was in high school, I played 
uh, my junior program in Whitby and I was living in Belleville. So my commute was about an hour and a half to and from practices and games. Um, and I think that really prepared me for college and time management. And then another thing, when you're in college, you're surrounded by so many other athletes that are doing the exact same thing. And you, you know, you look up to your juniors and seniors when you're a freshman and, and how they manage everything. Um, when it comes to my life now, I am extremely busy Monday to Friday. Um, but I like being busy. I enjoy being busy. I enjoy getting up, getting to work out, going to work, coming home, getting to coach at night. Um, that's what's like fulfilling to me. Um, but I learned time management since I was in high school. Is it different balancing your time now versus when you were in high school? I think a little bit, um, but not necessarily. Like I've always been a fairly organized person and I think it's just about like structure and kind of a routine. And I have a, a pretty uh, steady routine here and I had one when I was in high school. So it, it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Now, how have you, have you gotten, have you had the chance to go to the gyms yet at all? Because I know in where I'm from, it's been, they're starting to open up a little bit, but I don't know where you're from, like what the situation's like. So have you been able to go to the gym, get your workouts in and stuff like that? No. So I haven't been able to go to the gym. I know um, the one facility is open for more of the Hockey Canada girls and they've been getting to go there. Uh, but for the rest of us, it's just been home workouts and I have a nice area in my basement um, where I get to work out a little bit and obviously outside and things like that. So no, all from home right now. How do you adjust working out from home versus doing it in a gym? To be honest, it feels normal now. I feel like it's the new normal um, in so many aspects of our life. Um, So it feels pretty normal. Um, I think the important thing is like, Oh, any workout's a good workout, you know, you got to make do with what you have. So just adjusting to, you know, the different equipment that I may not have here, as opposed to when I'm at the gym. Uh, but a lot of movements you can um, recreate with what you have. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard the big thing, like when working out is you have to do a lot more body weight stuff versus like weights. Uh, how do you do that? Like, I'm curious. Yeah, I think one huge thing about like body weight workouts and stuff like that is you can increase the reps. Um, because you maybe don't have as much weight. So I think it's more high intensity, a little bit more cardio workouts. Um, And you can kind of recreate all of the same movements that you do with your body weight. It's just about doing more of it um, if you don't have the weights. Now, uh, what what equipment do you have at your house that you don't have in a gym? I'm just curious. I have, um, yeah, most of my stuff is like body weight, but I have a lot of bands Mm -hmm. um, at home and like medicine balls, things like that, smaller kettlebells, as opposed to your big like barbells and um, big setups like that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the bands because it helps with your pliability with your muscles, which is something that I've learned is important because it helps prevent injury. I don't know if that is that like a real thing. Yeah, for sure. I think Um, A lot of the big, um, you know, NHL players even now are kind of talking about uh, the different workouts that they do as opposed to when maybe five years ago when it was all about lift as much as we can, as heavy as we can. And I think it's really about, you know, those little muscles that sometimes we neglect when we're focusing so much on like heavy weights. Um, And I think you're kind of seeing that shift in hockey and in hockey players that it's not so much about like how much you can squat or bench press, but more. Um, again, like injury prevention and, and strengthening those little muscles that make an impact for us. 
Yeah, not just in hockey. You see the basketball players use the bands. And in football, Tom Brady, his whole TB12 method is pliability. Like, that's what he preaches. I think it's super cool. And I hope I, – I like doing it. Like, if, the thing is that it's weird about it is you don't feel like you get, like, a full workout when you do those yeah. band things. But it, apparently, like, in the long run, it helps with injury prevention, which is huge, especially for athletes like yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't feel like you're doing maybe as much, but in the long run, you definitely are. Now, what is something you think you need to improve on your game? like as a whole? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of things that I could probably improve on. Um, I think for me personally, I'm not like the biggest player on the ice nor the most physical. And when you're playing at this next level, um, that's a huge part of the game. Um, so I think for me, that's one thing that I definitely need to get better on is getting a little bit stronger and, and playing a little bit more physical than maybe I had to when I was in university or even in high school. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing. Obviously, speed is huge. Um, I feel like the fastest players, you know, create the most chances. So um, I think we can always improve on our speed as much as we can. Uh, but those would probably be my two biggest things. And how are you going about to improve those areas in your game? I know you haven't really gotten the opportunity to work on some of your improvements on your game on the ice, but have you tried to do it like in the workout rooms and stuff like that? Yeah, I think obviously anytime you're working out and getting stronger, you're going to improve, like whether it's speed um, and or strength. Um, I think for me too, a lot of it comes from the mental side of things, um, just like wanting to engage in battles um, and be a little bit more physical and be more of a physical presence on the ice. Um, so I think anytime you're working out, you are improving on those things and then kind of working on, um, you know, that mental side of the game as well. And now physicality seems like it's becoming more prevalent in women's hockey. I don't know if you watched the national championship game, but there was a lot of physicality that happened. Do you think hitting should be allowed in women's hockey? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, it's a loaded question. I think that <laughs> I think it could be for sure. I think you would have to start from a young age, obviously, just like the boys do. Um, but yes, I do think that it definitely could be a part of the women's game. Um, if it's taught the proper way, um, obviously officiating would change a little bit, but I think you already see a lot of physicality in the game. And I think it would maybe um, speed the game up a little bit more. Um, you have to move the puck a little bit faster. You have to make better decisions. Um, so yeah, I do think it could definitely be a part of the women's game. Now, something else I found interesting is even in the professional level, you guys still have to wear visors and cages. Uh, do you think that should change? Do you think you should just only have to wear the half shields once you get out of college? Oh, another loaded question. <laughs> um, personally, I would rather wear the cage. I like my teeth. I like my face. I would like to keep it that way. Um, maybe it could be a choice. I think another thing, um, because we never have, with the opportunity to wear like a half face shield is we're a little bit more sticky and you kind of notice that when you're playing um, versus the guys, cause they're a little bit more cautious of, you know, sticks up in the face. Um, so I think it would be an adjustment just like hitting would be an adjustment. I personally would like to keep my face looking the way it is right now. So maybe not for me, but if people wanted to, I think it would have to, we would have to adjust a little bit um, for that. Have you ever had the opportunity to wear a half visor before, like try it on in a store or something like that? I'm curious. Um, no, but when I coach, I just wear, I don't wear a cage. Mm -hmm. So like I, uh, so no, never a half visor, but I don't wear a cage when I coach. So I just have my helmet. 
Yeah, no, because I know some players, like the, the argument for um, half visors is it makes you more cognizant of the play. So it actually makes you more protective because you're more aware of hits that are coming and more sticks that are coming. So I just thought it was interesting uh, it's, uh, if it could happen in the women's game as well. Yeah, I de- it definitely could. I remember one time last year in the PWHA, we were playing against a junior A team in, in Calgary. And unfortunately, one of our players got a stick up on one of the guys. So I think, yeah, we would have to make some adjustments. Um, but it could happen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Now, what has been the biggest adjustment you've had to make uh, to being a professional athlete? Because obviously you haven't been on the PWHPA. You played in China for a little bit. I think you played in the CWHL as well. Uh, mm-hmm. How have you adjusted to being a professional athlete? And is it different? Is it a little bit different than college hockey? Yeah, I think anytime you move up to the next level, like the game becomes faster and more physical. I would say that's even the biggest adjustment from um, playing junior in Whitby to then going to Cornell, like everything happened so much faster. And it's the same thing when you get to the professional level. Um, you're just surrounded by so many great, talented players. I think it it helps improve your game, obviously. But um, yeah, the two biggest things would be speed and physicality for sure. Now, do you know when your next event will be? Because I know none of the Canadian regions have had an event yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there's hopes that there's going to be one in Canada before the end of this year not necessarily year but before the end of this like hockey season um so fingers crossed that something happens but fingers crossed that we're also able to get on the ice before something Mm -hmm. happens so have you had the opportunity to watch the american regions play i know they played at madison square garden and they played at the united center in chicago did you get to watch those games yeah i did i was super jealous that uh we didn't get to be on the ice but it's always nice to see um representation and playing at two like huge events for women's hockey and the amount of viewers and things like that. And the amount of talk um, that was behind it was so good to see. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And I, it'll be really cool. Like thinking for the Canadian region, like to play one at the Maple Leaf stadium or at Bell center in Montreal, like that would be sick. If, especially if it was a full crowd too, like that would be probably the best atmosphere I've ever seen before because I've never been to Bell center, but everyone says it's like the best NHL rink ever. Yeah. I've never seen a game at the Bell center either, but it's on my bucket list to try and see one at every original six arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the goal, but it would be really cool to play at one of those places for sure. Where, where are you at with the bucket list? How many arenas have you been to? I've seen Toronto and I've seen Chicago and I have, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm got, two for six. You got to come down to Boston eventually. That's Oh, I've seen Boston too. Oh, you have? Three. I'm 50%. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. What was your thoughts on yeah. the TD Garden? It's a bit, it's a bit crowded, but it's cool. I think. Yeah, I liked it. I think I saw. I've seen two games there, so I, I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, I'm a huge Leafs fan, so I'm biased to watching games there. But um, I have been to Boston. That must be super intense being a Leafs fan going into the Garden. How do you deal with it? Because I don't know how those Leafs <laughs> fans do it. Because you see like spurts of them throughout the stadium. I just put my head down. I don't wear my leaf gear and I just clap under my seat. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, the one thing I will say about Toronto fans is they travel probably the best in the NHL. Either of them are Chicago uh, from what I've yeah. seen. Cause yeah. And Chicago was a great atmosphere too. Um, that was super cool when I got to go, I got to go to two games there um, and the crowd there was amazing. So it was really fun. Yeah, I know. I know Detroit, they build a new stadium. Everyone says it's awesome. I've never been there. I've never been to any other NHL stadium, but the TD Garden. But And then obviously the Bell Center, like everyone says, it's on the top of the list as well. Yeah, for sure. 
Now, uh, in your region, I was looking at some of your rosters. You get to play with Sarah Potomac and Rebecca Johnson. Uh, have you had the opportunity to play with those players, and what's that like? Um, I got to play with Rebecca Johnson last year, um, so I got to practice with her all of last year. Um, I haven't got to play with Sarah Potomac before, um, but they're both great players and great people to be around and um, definitely helped me elevate my game. I hope that I get to play in some games with, with Potty um, this season because she's, uh, she's a great player and a great person. So I'm hoping to play in some games with her. Um, but yeah, a really talented group of girls here in Calgary for sure. Now, how do you pick your region? Is it based on like where you're located or does the PWHPA select it for you? Yeah, so it's based on where you're located and then there's tryouts that happen. So you can try out for whichever re region that you um, choose to. Um, and then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously playing with Rebecca Johnson, two-time gold medalist, played for Cornell as well. I guess, like, what's it like getting to play with a player like that? And do you guys talk about Cornell at all? Yeah, we chat about some stories at Cornell. We have she was really good friends with Jill Sonia at Cornell when they were there together. And obviously I was friends with Jill Sonia when, when I went there. So we have some mutual friends. Um, I think anyone that gets to go to Cornell kind of, you know, shares that like passion for Ithaca and the program and things like that. And then again, she's, she's an amazing hockey player. Um, I try and keep up with her when we're practicing. Um, she's, she's really great. And uh, yeah, she's really fun to be around and just watching her on the ice watching her practice and stuff. Um, I definitely try and pick up on some of, some of the things that she does. Yeah. What, were your, what was your reaction with all the Cornell players that made the team Canada training camp roster for the world championships? I know that's in a, less than a month now, but they have like a eight day training camp that with 47 players, I guess, like what was your reaction to that? Yeah. I mean, it's so cool seeing those players um, get to go to something like that. Um, I've played with, you know, probably almost 80% of those girls. So um, I'm super happy for all of them and obviously cheering extra hard for my Cornell, mm -hmm. Cornell girls. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited for them. I'm really glad that they get to go and they get to practice and play and be involved in a training camp um, leading into worlds in Nova Scotia. I think it'll be such a great experience. Um, it'll be great for women's hockey. It'll be televised. Um, so I'm really excited for all those girls. Now, one question I ask all the players who I have for college hockey is how did their junior hockey experience help prepare them for college hockey? But I'm curious, how did Cornell help prepare you for being a professional athlete with the PWHPA? Oh, it prepared me so much. I think I learned the most about myself at my, during my time at Cornell, the people that I was surrounded by, um, the school, my coach, um, everything about it prepared me for, for professional hockey. Um, and again, I know we talked about it on the last podcast, but the memories and the friendships that I've made and then getting to be a part of the PWHPA with, you know, some of the same girls um, is so special. And, you know, one of my favorite showcases last year was the Chicago one. And there was so many of us alumni from Cornell that got to all be there together. Um, and it's things like that that I just enjoy the most. Now, I know Cornell didn't play this year, but did you watch any college hockey games at all? Yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched kind of closer to the end when it was getting, you know, to the NCAA tournament. And I always keep up on highlights and scores and things like that. Um, obviously sad to see that Cornell wasn't able to play, but um, hopefully next season it's, you know, back to normal, fingers crossed, and everyone gets to play for sure. I'm interested to see what Cornell looks like next year because they they're going to have two basically new freshman classes coming into the team 
I, I guess if you were in that situation, how would you help their transition into college hockey? Because that's a lot of players. Yeah, I think um, the juniors and seniors are going to obviously play a huge role in that, the coaching staff. But I think as a freshman, you definitely look up to your upperclassmen. Um, I mean, I think the tradition at Cornell is, you know, so strong that those uh, juniors and seniors are going to have it and they'll be able to kind of show them the ropes. Obviously, there'll be a large group, but Cornell's had large classes of freshmen in the past and they've always had success. So I don't think it'll be much different. Um, it'll just be a big group, you know, coming into to college hockey. And I think they'll pick up pretty fast. Yeah, those freshmen are good too. I had the chance to interview some of them for the podcast and I'm really looking forward to see what they do once they get to college hockey. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to, to continue. I hope I can get back to Ithaca soon for sure. Definitely. Now, like obviously the tournament happened. Uh, what was your thoughts on the selection of the tournament? Cause some teams that some people thought should make it, didn't make it like the Gophers. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I, I wasn't following close enough to have a really strong opinion, but obviously I know the Gophers, you know, are consistent contenders for the national championship. And I think that was probably quite disappointing to them. Um, I think they had a successful season. Um, I guess there's probably a method to why they weren't chosen. Um, I don't know if that's ever been explained, um, but it happens. It happens in the tournament. Um, it's happened when I was going through my four years, um, with those bids. Uh, I think I was talking to one of my friends. I think I would love to see a sweet 16, um, in the NCAA tournament for women, um, and see, you know, an extra round. I think that would be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it's unfortunate that they didn't make it, but I also think, you know, it's a, it's a different year when, you know, not every team is even playing, um, their season. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like conflicted on it because obviously it would be really cool to see some new teams make the tournament every year. However, I also kind of like it that it's hard to get into it. So like the best teams can get in the tournament. So that's I'm kind of like conflicted on that aspect because I think it'll be cool. But also like it also I feel like the tournament's also better because it's so hard to get mm-hmm. into. Yeah, that's very true. Um, it is a hard tournament to make and getting there is a huge accomplishment. So you're right. <laughs> Now, like when you didn't make those tournament bids during your college career, how did you deal with that? Like, what's the, what's the, you watch the selection show. Obviously when a team makes the selection show, you see their reactions. What's like the team's reaction when you don't make it in? Yeah. So I was fortunate that only one year I didn't make it to the tournament. Um, And to be honest, um, we didn't have a great season. So we weren't even expecting a bid. Um, But at the end of the day, every season that you go into that's kind of the end goal is obviously to make the NCAA tournament so it was disappointing um but thankfully it was my junior year and I know I still had my I knew I still had my senior year to look forward to um but I think it would be extremely disappointing when you're you know right on the cusp um and you maybe don't get that bid but I never had to go through that Mm -hmm. now the championship game was awesome to watch I don't know if you had the chance to see some of the highlights but thoughts on Daryl Watts overtime winner goal and just how good of a player she is because I feel like she's probably, she might be the new next face in women's hockey. Yeah. She's a heck of a player. I haven't got to see her play um, a ton of times. I'd say maybe a handful of times, Um, but you can just tell she's just such a natural goal scorer. Um, But you you know, she's that type of player that you always kind of see on the game sheet. She always finds a way to put the puck in the net. Um, So I, I'm not surprised that it was her that uh, scored the overtime winner. 
odd goal. I don't know. It was like weird how it just like bounced off the defenseman and that I didn't even like realize that they scored until like everyone started jumping out of the bench. Yeah, I definitely felt for that defenseman and that goaltender when that happened. And you know, um losing in overtime is is not the best feeling no matter what, especially in the national championship game. But to kind of have that goal be the, you know, the deciding factor was definitely hard to watch for for those girls. I felt for them. Mm-hmm. Now we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast, and this non-hockey segment is going to be a little bit different than last time when we had you on because I did a little research on yourself. I try to make some of these questions more tailored towards your interests. So my first non-hockey question to you is, what is something you wish more people knew about yourself besides being a good hockey player? Um, one thing I wish people knew, and maybe they do or maybe they don't, is I'm extremely into fashion as well. Um, I think it's a really cool way to express yourself. Um, and it's definitely something that I've picked up, you know, in the last maybe four or five years and uh, become more interested in it. Um, so that's probably one thing. I think we talked a little bit about on the pod, I guess, like who's, I remember you saying like Haley Bieber is like your fashion, like icon. Yeah, she still is my fashion icon. She would be at the top of my charts, but I think, um, just like, I think I probably said it before, but um, when you feel good in what you're wearing and, and that, I think you exude confidence. And I think that's kind of the true um, fashion is when you can like feel confident in what you have on. Now, obviously you have probably the best style in the PWHPA. Like it's <laughs> great. How do you like go about choosing your outfits? Cause I know that you did one uh, on Instagram. I remember you did like thrifting. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I love thrifting. Um, it's actually funny. My sister was a huge thrifter, like in high school. Um, and when we were in college and I was not, not into it whatsoever. Um, but I think it's so cool to be able to, a, it helps the environment, you know, using second or buying secondhand clothes. But I think it's so cool that like you can pick out something that someone previously wore and it has kind of like a story to it but you don't necessarily know the story um I think it's a fun experience you get to go search through a bunch of clothes um so yeah I love thrifting it's one of my favorite things to do now what's your I guess like the cowboy hat was the best put the cherry on top of that outfit like I'm a big style guy I love asking players about their style so I guess like what made you choose that hat like how do you like I thought that was pretty sick I love I love hats but um, I don't know if you've heard of the show Yellowstone, but I, I got heard. super, okay. It's a great show. It's on, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon prime. Um, and it's, uh, all about cowboys and that's kind of where the whole cowboy thing came from. Nice. Now <laughs> yeah. your Instagram is also awesome too. And I think you've made so many great outfits and photos that Instagram decided to verify you a few months ago. Uh, what's your, what's the key to taking a good photo? Honestly, it's all about the outfit. Um, I wish that Instagram verified me because of my outfits, but I think it's probably because of the PWHPA. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I love a good outfit and I love, I'm also super into skiing right now. So that's a huge, huge part of my Instagram. Yeah. Um, dogs, skiing and fashion are mm-hmm. probably the top three. So. And hockey too. A little bit of hockey. <laughs> Now the skiing outfits are cool. I th- I thought the one you posted today was pretty sick. The like blue and orange one. Yeah, we um a couple of my friends and I we rented some like old school ski outfits. There was a big group of us that all went out for a birthday, um, and it was so fun to be you know cruising around the Rockies in those outfits for sure. Yeah, no, Canada. I heard Western Canada, especially near Banff, has like the best mountains ever. Um, I've never skied before, so I don't really know, but I think that's pretty cool. 
yeah, it's so fun. The it's it's really cool. It's kind of surreal when you're out in the mountains and you're skiing and you get to look off and see all the Rocky Mountains. So it's definitely definitely a fun place. Are you more of a skier or snowboarder? Definitely more of a skier, but I just picked up snowboarding this year. Um, I've only gone a handful of times snowboarding, um, so I'm definitely a little bit better at skiing, but I like trying new things, so um, decided to pick up snowboarding this year as well. Now, what's the key for like snowboarding? Because it's a bit different than skiing. How do you like maintain balance, but also like try to do tricks and stuff? I'm not at the tricks yet, so maybe mm-hmm. we'll get there in a few more. Um, it was really difficult at first, but I was lucky. Uh, there was a couple workers at the ski hill who were watching me try and learn and gave me some good pointers, but it definitely is a balanced thing. And then the other thing I would say is like uh, not having fear that you're going to, you are going to fall, but not being scared to do it in order to kind of feel it out. Uh, but it's super fun. Yeah. Is that something you're used to? Because I know obviously it's probably been a while back, but when you first learned how to skate, you fall down like all the time, but that's like how you learn. Did you have to use like yeah. from that? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a little bit, it's skateboard or sorry, snowboarding's definitely more challenging than skiing. I think you fall um, a little bit when you're like skiing and learning to ski and learning to skate. Um, but snowboarding, you take some pretty big tumbles mm-hmm. um, forwards and backwards. So it's just, you know, kind of having no fear. And, and I'm a super determined person. So once I started to kind of pick it up, I knew I like couldn't give up on it. So now what was your reaction when your IG got verified? Cause Sydney Brott told me like they just gave everyone the blue check mark. It wasn't like something you had to apply for. So it was a cool moment. Yeah, no. Yeah. I just woke up. up but, that? Cause that's pretty yeah, sad. I woke up to actually, I don't know if you remember Sydney Sirocco. She played a little bit at Cornell uh, before she had to, you know, quit for some injuries. Um, and I woke up to a, a funny text message from her about the verification and that's how I found out. So it was, it was pretty funny. She was making fun of me a little bit. So. That's awesome. Now, another thing that I noticed from your IG was we, from the story aspect of it was your, one of your dishes uh, made it uh, to the PWHPA Instagram. Uh, So what is your favorite dish to cook? Um, I'm a huge fan of making like different types of bowls. Um, That's probably like my go-to type of cooking. My favorite thing at the moment is uh, a butternut squash, quinoa, chicken, and goat cheese bowl. I could probably think of a more elegant name than the one that I just shared, but that's my go-to right now. That's awesome. Are you like, uh, I guess, like, how do you like balance? What's like your like guilty pleasure meal, I guess? Because every time I talk to athletes, they always eat like all this crazy stuff. And I'm very basic when it comes to my diet, but I guess like, do you ever try to like have some guilty pleasure stuff throughout the year? (laughs) My favorite food in the whole entire world is pizza. And I think almost everyone knows that about me. Um, So that's definitely my go-to. I probably have pizza once a week. um, So probably too much, but it's my, it's my favorite meal in the whole entire world. (laughs) You can make healthy pizza though. Like the thin crust, then add some veggies to it. I think that would be cool. You can balance it out. Yeah. I definitely try and make some sometimes healthy, but there's nothing better than just a good greasy Mm -hmm. cheese pizza. (laughs) Where's the best pizza place you've ever been to? Um, Oh, I've been to New York City and I think they have the best. I'm definitely more of like a New York, New York style pizza than uh, like a Chicago deep dish pizza. So New York City has really great pizza. Everyone says Mystic is like, or not Mystic, New Haven's the best uh, pizza place in the, in the U.S. I've always wanted. I've heard that. Yeah. 
I've heard that. I should go for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially since Cornell, when they play Yale, like that could be a good two for yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. So give you some Maybe travel next year. Suggestions. Yeah. yeah. New Haven's at the top of my list after after COVID's done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. What's what something you're looking forward to after COVID's done? Like, what are you gonna? What's the first thing you're gonna do? The first thing I am going to do is probably book a flight to somewhere in the states. I really want to go see some of my um, old friends from Cornell. Um, a couple of them just moved to San Francisco. So I think that's kind of at the top of my list for uh, places to go and some friends to see for sure. Yeah, my top of the list thing is probably go to a hockey game. I know that's a boring answer, but it's been a year since I've been to a sporting event. So I really I really want to go to one, especially since the, fan, the fans are starting to be let back into buildings in certain areas. So I think Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be a, a really neat atmosphere when we're able to go back to sporting events. Yeah, it's everyone's going to remember. I think Jeff Merrick said it like everyone's going to remember like the first sporting event you go to after COVID. And I'm like, that's so true. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about skiing. Are you going to try skateboarding this summer once the weather starts getting nicer? Yeah, I actually skateboarded a little bit last summer. So kind of getting into it. I have a couple of new ski friends that I've met this year out West and uh, they're really excited to try skateboarding for the summer. So um, definitely going to try a little bit, but, um, don't want to get injured, but I, I do skateboard a little bit. <laughs> I want, I want to see some videos if you ever do. I'll have them. to, I'll have to post them on, on the Instagram for mm-hmm. sure. I want like a Tony Hawk's mix, something like that. Like MTV 19, late nineties style, like the blink one in the background. Like that'll be a sick. Mix. Yeah. I could probably do something like that and I could probably find a pretty cool outfit to go along with mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your favorite app, I guess, since you seem to be popping all over the place? Oh, probably Instagram. I like mm-hmm. posting uh, different stories and like kind of showing my life through Instagram. I think that's probably my favorite. TikTok makes me laugh, but I wouldn't say it's the same as Instagram. So probably Instagram. Do you make videos on your TikTok account? Uh, I don't know if I want to expose myself to anyone who's listening but i do make a a few videos here and there that's awesome have any of them gone viral uh no i've had one that got quite a few views but the only ones that kind of get a lot of views are if a dog's in it not myself so well dogs are the best so it makes sense but uh, emily clark her tiktok is kind of blowing up right now so that's that's the women's hockey player to go follow on tiktok for sure well that makes sense because she's a silver medalist one of the best yeah uh, so that's that that has something to do with it because i know lauren gable i'm assuming hers is gonna blow up soon too because i saw that yeah so i just need to i just need to win a medal and then no you can just with emily clark that's (laughs) yeah that's true i'll have to get her posting about me on her tiktok definitely definitely now, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. Um, Haley Bieber's not an actress, but Haley Bieber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's famous, so she could probably get into acting. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think so. for myself, Pete Davidson. We look nothing alike, but he's absolutely hysterical. And he made a cool movie about his life in Staten Island. So I think it'd be cool if yeah. he played me in a movie about he- my life yeah he's a he's cool he's super funny too Mm -hmm. and he's also like super open about his mental health which is something that i admire him a lot for for sure i think it's that's a huge thing i think that's really important for people to have those conversations and make other people feel like um, it's okay for them to have them as well yeah especially to have that platform like into using a positive way like i have a full respect for someone who does that 
Me too. I couldn't agree more. Now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Oh my goodness. I am so, uh, I'm so not on like TV or I don't have cable. I barely watch anything. I don't really read the news. I'm pretty bad. Maybe stuff about the masters. I kind of tried Mm -hmm. to follow the masters a little bit. Um, so probably something about the masters. I was really rooting for Jordan Spieth. He didn't pull through, but that was my, that was my pick for the masters. Who won the masters this year? Um, he was a player from Japan, I believe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but from Japan. Mm-hmm. I remember DJ won it last year. That was sick because I'm a big DJ mm-hmm. guy, especially since yeah. he's his father-in-law. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Now, what is the most sponta- spontaneous thing you've ever done? I'm curious to hear this answer. Oh, my goodness. The most spontaneous thing i ever done. Maybe gone to a farm in Red Deer and picked up my dog. That uh, was kind of like out of the blue and I'm trying to think of anything else, like probably something like that. Maybe that's the only one I can share on a podcast. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. Uh, do you still have the dog with you today? Yeah. His name's Raider. He's a, he's a 150 pound mastiff. Oh, wow. So it was a little yeah. guy when you first got him. He was 30 pounds when I got him and he's, he's gained a lot of weight. So. <laughs> Is it weird seeing a dog like grow to that big of a size? Cause I heard bigger dogs are like kind of calmer though, which is weird. Um, no, not necessarily. I, um, I feel like when you're with them every day, you don't notice how big they're getting. It's more so when someone sees them when they're younger and then sees them a couple weeks later. So for me, it was kind of just like a gradual growth. Um, but it's, it's funny when I'm walking him on the street and everything, people just stop me and always make comments about him. So it's pretty funny. When you cuddle with him, is it weird because he's so big? Well, he's bigger than me, so it's yeah. He likes to be little spoon, even though he's he's massive. <laughs> Definitely. Now, what is what was your first job you've ever had? Oh my! Well, I always coached hockey, so probably working at like hockey camps and things like that. Um, and then I also I also cleaned the gym that I trained at um, at night. Um, in order to train for free there so that was like probably my first like real job so I got to help clean um, and then I got to train for free and that was like in grade nine probably yeah is that gross cleaning up everyone's sweat like in the equipment because people don't I pr- like, I, like yeah I, pr- I probably didn't do the best job so it wasn't too gross mm-hmm. uh, but maybe if I worked a little harder at it it would have been now what is your favorite podcast um other than yours thank you um i i'm a huge oh all these questions are so embarrassing for me but i'm a huge bachelor fan um i love the bachelor and the bachelorette and one of my favorite bachelorettes was caitlin bristow she's a fellow canadian um and she has a podcast and i really enjoy listening to her podcast that's awesome mine's besides like i listen to a ton of hockey podcasts but probably dak shepherd he has a pretty cool one i like his a lot i was just listening to one of his episodes this morning while i was working so mm-hmm. i like his as well definitely he's entertaining too because like i don't know how he does it i've tried to listen to get tips for myself is how he just has those conversations like he's just with someone like at a bar which is cool i know i know now this is kind of a hockey related question, but who is the most underrated female hockey player in your opinion? I'll give you my answer. I'll get, let you answer. And then I'll give you my answer. 
the most underrated? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, most underrated hockey player. I think there's a ton of really great hockey players. You go, you go first mm-hmm. while I think. Well, mine would probably be Kristen O'Neill from Cornell. I feel like she's super talented. She was one of the best players on the team last year, and I feel like she – I never see her name pop up in any, like, hockey articles, and I feel like she deserves a lot more recognition than she gets. And everyone says she's, like, the hardest worker ever. So I think it would be cool if she got some recognition. I love watching her game, especially since she's super good defensively, but offensively she can create a lot of offensive chances. And one thing I love about her game is how she sustains offensive pressure in her own zone. I think that's super cool. So that's probably my pick. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, she's, she's a heck of a player as well. She works extremely hard. Um, yeah, that's probably a good one. I think, I mean, I'm biased cause Emily Clark's one of my best friends, but, and I, she obviously does get a lot of recognition, but, um, I think she's a, an extremely talented hockey player as well. Um, so I'm really excited to see her growth in the next couple of years. Definitely, definitely. She's definitely getting a gold medal. If not next Olympics, the Olympics after that. I know. I'm excited for her. I hope she uh, she's a she's a really great player and good person too. Oh yeah, no, I had her on the podcast before, and like it was one of the coolest interviews ever. Just to hear her experience from Wisconsin and just some of the stuff that she accomplished, it's like unfathomable to for me to like because I could never accomplish something like that. Yeah, no, she's um, she's super talented. And then another player I'll throw in the list is Rebecca Leslie from BU. She was, she's super talented. I think she doesn't get enough recognition as well. Yeah, she is. A, she's very, very talented. And I hope she kind of gets her crack um, at the national team for sure. I actually lived with her in Calgary last year. So well, that's awesome. Um, she's a dear, yeah, she's a dear friend and she's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, she's on the training camp roster for World Championships. Have you had the chance to talk to her about that, um, I guess, announcement? Yeah, I actually, um, I was talking to her the other day about camp and, and her experience and um, just kind of saying I wanted her to go in with confidence and have fun. And, and um, I'm definitely rooting her on for sure. Now, what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? I mean, it's amazing. I think you get so many um, people from like different uh different areas in hockey. You get like, you know, you have people like Emily Clark on and um, I think you had Jamie Bourbonnet and things like that. And then you have a lot of young players and you kind of get to talk about their experiences and, you know, someone like myself, who's, you know, been through a, a lot of those things. So I think it's so, um, cool what you're doing and you probably have learned so much from everyone. And, um, I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's been super cool to talk to a lot of cool players from all different aspects of hockey, whether it's women's hockey, men's hockey. So it's super fun to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, for sure. Now, what are some guests that we should have on in the future? You know some people. You know track- what? You know what I think you should do? I think you should have like two people. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you have myself on again? And maybe like Emily Clark. I think that would be, we have some funny stories from um, from when we played U18 together. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard. I don't know if you know Ashley Brickalick. Um, she's now an assistant coach at Duluth. Um, she's a great person. You'd get the kind of the coaching aspect of college hockey as well as she played professionally and played. Um, so I think there's opportunities for a ton of, ton of cool guests. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming Emily Clark's really busy right now, but maybe after world <laughs> championships, I'll try to reach out to her and we can work something out with yourself. Yeah, you know for sure. That's so fun. You can, you can help me out a little bit. 
Yeah, I'll tell her that we're we're hopping on. You give me a time and day, and I'll make sure she's on. <laughs> I'll do. I'll reach out. Honestly, I will reach out to you after World Championships because I know she's yeah super busy right now. But if, if maybe a month from now, I think that'll be cool. Yeah, that would be really fun. And obviously, I'll be done with school, so it'll be my time would be very free because I'm not doing much. Perfect. June basically. So perfect. Now, what were some of your thoughts? I guess from the interview when we last had you on, I don't know if you had the chance to listen, but anything you took away from it? Yeah, I think it's, um, it was really fun. Like, I think one thing that I I complimented you on before is you do a great job of doing your research. And I think that's super important um, to be a really successful host. Um, So you ask super thoughtful questions, but they also are meaningful uh, to to your guests. And um, I think that's something that will make your guests continue to come back and really appreciate um, what you're doing. Um, and I know it's obviously a passion of yours, so um, it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm, definitely. Looking back in the interview, I had much longer hair too, so that's something else. <laughs> yeah, you got your hair cut finally. Mm-hmm, I needed to. It was it was getting pretty long back then, so <laughs> especially since like it gets in your ears a little bit. But you know, yeah, uh, that's I had to do that. Now, normally I ask you if there's any shoutouts like to give. So if there's anyone you missed, um, any shoutouts like to give to them. I mean, I know my parents will always listen. So my mom and dad, I'll say hi to them. Um, and then Mamie Clarkie will listen to this one and we'll get her on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say hi to her as well. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. We'll work something out uh, offline, offline. Um, yeah, for sure. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, the floor is all yours. Um, curious if there's no, anything I... to say about, especially with the high performance um, ex- expectation, like the tweet you had a few months ago. I'm curious if you want to say anything else about it. Yeah, not not necessarily. I mean, I hope we can get on the ice soon. I hope that we can t- continue to, you know, move forward with women's hockey and, and play with the PWHPA. Um, it's unfortunate that we're not able to skate and that we don't meet the requirements of the high performance exemption. Um, I think it's kind of silly to say that a professional women's players association does not meet those requirements. So I'm hoping that things kind of get reevaluated in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm really excited for all those girls to get to go to Halifax and, and train there for a month or so. Um, and looking forward to seeing that televised and, you know, um, seeing women's hockey on TV. Um, but other than that, um, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And I, and I really appreciated you having me. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Hannah, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I admire you a lot as a player, but obviously, you know this, I admire you as a person as well. So I just want to let you know that. So take care, stay safe. And hopefully we can talk again soon with another special guest with in the yeah, for sure <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> no problem take care have a great day thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode i really appreciate it and it means a lot to me make sure you follow our social media accounts and i'll see you guys next time with another great episode but until then take care everyone and have a great day bye